Hello, this is Darren. And this is Paige. And this is Where's, Where's the lemonade? lemonade? Where we talk about what happens when life throws you lemons. Make some lemonade? Uh, maybe. Some weeks it's lemon squares. Yeah, some weeks it's just lemons. Yeah. <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to talk about managing schedules in blended families. It's a tough subject. Yep. So managing schedules is hard enough in a normal family. When you're in a blended family and you're sharing custody, it expounds the complexity of of scheduling and keeping track of where your kids are, where they need to be. It is. It's very tricky because you're not the designer of your own kids' schedules anymore. No, you share that design with an ex-spouse, which sometimes can be very contentious and other times not so much. Yeah, it's true. And it is always better when it's not contentious because you're more agreeable to each other. But there's always going to be times where you both want the same thing. You both want this that same day, that same holiday. And it is tricky. And it's heart-wrenching too. Yeah. Because I want the kids at my grandma and grandpa's 50th wedding anniversary. If it so happens to fall on their other grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary, dilemma. Dilemma. Or, yeah, we've got some important event coming up and... You know, maybe the other person has an important event coming up or, or, you know, sometimes people are just inflexible, right? And you just go, you know what? It's my time. I'm not switching. So it's, it is tricky. In fact, I would say it's probably one of the most contentious things you deal with as an ex-spouse. Yes. And in your situation with your ex, you guys have found that most of the time you actually go to a, I guess, kind of a mediator type of person to work the schedule out that has seemed to work really good for you it has and we've even gotten beyond that now because we're a lot better at communicating than we have been in the past right because it can be difficult right but in in the beginning in those first years it was super helpful to have it was it was necessary to have a third party um it it was help. and it was mostly uh them helping us see the other person's side of things right Right, and you need that sometimes. Well, and then how did that make you feel? Because I would go over and a a schedule would be talked about and you couldn't be in the room. No, and you'd come home with this new schedule and you'd be like, well, this is is what I ended up with. And I'm like, but why didn't you fight for this? And you're like, I did, you know, because I wasn't there. Right, and so So you couldn't hear the whole conversation. Right. It it can be, it's even uh, taxing on your own relationship with your spouse when you're dictated a schedule, right? It is. And this is one of the biggest things when we've, we've had friends come to us and acquaintances and ask us about divorce and have said, you know, I'm thinking of getting divorced or my brother's thinking of getting divorced or, you know, my mom's thinking of getting divorced. What, what advice do you have? And people are always shocked that we say, go get a really good marriage counselor. Yes. Don't get divorced. I mean, if there's any way possible to save your, you have to do everything in your power because This is one of the big reasons right here that we're talking about today. You are not in control of your life anymore. No, no. And and your schedule, you have to now share that with other people. You do. And if you think that, you know, oh, but, you know, we're not getting along and da-da-da and he's controlling or he's, you know, this or she's that and you go... Um, whatever is going on, it's going to be so much worse when you're divorced. Times it by 100. Yes, and this scheduling is one of the top 
problems that you have once uh, you get absolutely. divorced. Yeah, I would say scheduling and money. Oh, yes. Those are the two yeah, biggest Yeah, two big things. ones, two big ones. So um, we've, luckily, um, we are at a 50-50 now. The kids are 50% with their mom and 50% with me for my kids. And then for you, we're at 100%. Right, we've always had Sam 100%. Which makes the scheduling much easier for us because we only really are scheduling with my ex-spouse and not your ex-spouse. I can't even imagine. I mean, we have friends, good friends, that have to schedule with two exes. I can't even imagine what yeah, that would be like. Yeah, that would be that would be really tough. I mean, I don't know what you like. We probably should have asked them this before we recorded this episode. That would have been interesting. Do you do you set down a schedule with one ex and then you take that schedule to the other ex and say, "Hey, listen, this is what we." I mean, I don't I, know. I don't, I, yeah, I I don't know how you would do it. It seems super complicated it does now <laughs> we know not everyone has 50 50 in fact when i first got divorced because i was working and a uh, single and i i really couldn't take the kids we had kids that weren't in school yet um david was still in preschool in preschool i had to work so i couldn't take the kids 50 50 i had to work during the day and so um, I had the kids on this weird schedule. It was like I'd get them at 5 o'clock on Wednesdays, and then I had them Thursday overnight from 5, and then I'd work from home on Friday. It was it was weird, and it, the kids were back and forth all the time. And we actually asked our um, older kids that had already left the house what schedule they liked best, and they said the 50-50 was much better. Right. And so... We're really going to gear this towards 50-50. If you can get 50-50, I think it's probably best for the kids all around. Um, It's important that they have a relationship with their mother and their father both, their biological mother and biological father. Yes, that is very, very important. And it was a crazy schedule. When I married you, I was going, what? So, yeah, I think we got the kids on Wednesdays at 5, and they had to go back to their moms at 8. And then we got them back Thursday at, at five. five, and they spent the night, and then yeah, it, it was yeah, it was, yeah, it it was, was every so, other weekend. But yeah, I felt like it was just the kids were just coming and going, and yeah. and yeah. And to add that on to our kids attended seven different schools when we first got married. They sure did. So we had no, not seven different schools. We had seven, seven different schedules. Seven different schedules because we did. We, right. I think we had, we had two four different schools. Seven different schedules. Yeah, two kids in high school, two kids in middle school. Two kids in, in elementary, elementary, one at preschool. I, it was yeah, insane. It was, it was crazy town. Yeah. So when we changed the schedule to 50-50, we looked at um, all the different scheduling options that were out there. There were lots, lots of research actually done on the age of kids, uh, the temperament of kids, and you know what schedule works best for them. There was everything from three months with one parent, three months with the other, which is crazy. That's a long time. Um, or week on, week off, or uh, three, four, four, three, or two, two, or two, two, three. There's all these different combinations. The one that we locked in on is called a two, two, five, five. Yep. And that is what the, um, what was he called? The, uh, mediator. the mediator. Yeah. That's what the mediator recommended. He goes, it's probably the most popular, and it's best for kids of all age. And what it basically is is during the week, um, the kids are with their mom or dad, 
um, two days, Monday and Tuesday, transition day on Wednesday, where they're with the other parent for Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday alternates every other week. Right. So what the kids, uh, or what they say the kids like about this, is that they're at the same home the same day of the week. Right. So in our case, the kids are with their mom on Mondays and Tuesdays. They're with us on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and every other weekend. So one week we have them for two days. The next week we have them for five days. Right. And the good thing about the schedule, we actually asked our kids about the ones that have left already that lived in the schedule, and then the ones that have been living in the schedule for the last eight years, and they love the schedule. Yep. They wouldn't want to change it. We asked them, would you ever think about a week on, week off? And their comment was, no, because I know on Monday and Tuesday, I'm at mom's and I have violin or I have cello on that day. And my mom always takes me to cello. And on Wednesday and Thursday is piano on Wednesday and church activity night on Thursday. And so it's consistent. Right. They like that consistency. They like the consistency. Now... I've thought about that maybe week on week off would be better for us. We've talked about this yeah, many times. Have. And because I've always thought, well, the one parent doesn't ever get to be involved with, say, cello or piano if it always falls. I mean, they can always show up, right? That's yeah, but, they could. But I always thought, well, that would be nice if this week, you know, the parent gets this time with the kids at these activities, the next week, then. Um, and I always thought it would be nice for schoolwork and homework, too, because sometimes the kids are in the middle of a project and they switch houses. And then, you know, w- we have to pick up the pieces and try and figure out what's been done. So it can be tricky that way. But week on, week off, that's a long time to go without seeing the kids. It, it is. And I thought, you know, as the kids uh, got older, I thought maybe they would want to do week on, week off. Right. As they become teenagers, right? Yeah. They don't, um, which is really surprising to me. They really like the schedule. It is surprising because it's a lot less back and forth. To do week on, week off is a lot less. One transition a week. Yes. Where now we do. doing three. Yeah. And yeah, they said they, they like it the way it is. So yeah. that's interesting. And you talked to Dallin about that. What did he say about the schedule? Oh, he loves the schedule because he feels like it's more fair. Uh, week on, week off, he goes, that would be too long away uh, for, you know, especially during the school school year, that'd be too long to be away from mom or dad. Right. He likes that connectivity to both. Yeah, and I guess I can see that, that, you know, in a, fa- a regular, normal family, not blended family, you have certain things you go to your mom or dad for, right? You, yeah. I mean, everybody has that. And in a Divorce family, it's still the same way. Some some things you want to go to your mom for, mom for and some things you want to go to your dad for. Some of the other benefits of uh, 2255 is that uh, the kids are close to their friends. Yes. So their kids, their friends can go to either house to hang out with. It's not, you know, when I'm at dad's house, I'm far away. So I have these friends. When I'm at mom's house, I have these friends. So it's, it is nice because we, we live less than half a mile away from yeah, each Yeah, like other. a quarter mile yeah, and so it does get confusing sometimes. We have had some kids show up at the house for a party 
that was not at our house. But right. At, yes. So. They're like, oh, it's not here. We're yeah. Like, no. It's at, you know, the kid's mom's house. So. Well, at least when you when I first married you, you and your ex were on the same street. Yeah. We could actually see each other's house. Yeah. So at least we have different street names yes, now. Yes, we do. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah, before it was even more confusing. <laughs> yes. No, definitely. not, you know, not 197180. But yes, know. but like we already said, the 2255 really only works if you are in very close proximity. Yeah, and the further you are away, you wanna decrease the number of transitions if you can. So in that case, maybe a week on week off is better. Right. Um, because remember, you're wasting time trans, uh, transitioning kids, transporting kids. Um, you know, especially if you're beyond like four or five hours, that's really tough on kids because you know, I can't even imagine. We've been so fortunate. I, I really can't imagine. And some of these Facebook groups that I'm a part of about blended families, people will talk about that, about how they spend eight hours in the car because they drive, you know, four hours to, you know, they take turns. Like I drive all the way this time. And then he, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, what a nightmare that I would know. be. I know. So we're I mean, very we, fortunate. We're very fortunate. Well, I shouldn't say fortunate. We planned it this way. Yes. I mean, it we was did. in our parenting agreement. That we stay in the same, you know, general vicinity, right. same neighborhood uh, to make it easier for the kids. But we've been fortunate. I mean, sometimes life happens and yes, someone, loses a, someone loses a job and they have to move. You know, you got to do what you got to do. So we have yeah. been fortunate that we've been able to stay here with your job. And, you know, we've been very... Yeah, and my, and my ex, her, her husband's job is where he can work anywhere. So Right. So it yes. has been fortunate, I have to say. Yep. Now, another thing with when you're dealing with schedules as well that we found easy for us in our transitions is we use school as a transition. So there right. aren't kids being dropped off at the house. Um, it's typically they just come home from school to a different house like right. on Wednesdays. Right, and then that has its own challenges because then we always have to go over to that is true. the other parent's house to get their things. Yeah, and at the very at the beginning there was a lot of going back and forth between the homes because the kids forgot something. Right. But now it's it's not nearly as bad as it used to. Mostly. Yes it is. <laughs> you're just not the one doing the running yeah, back and you're forth. Yeah, right, I'm not. <laughs> but I mean it's be, because we do live so close, the kids don't even have to remember. Yeah, you know, that's if true. we live far away, it, we would be much more organized, but I think because we live so close, you know, they're not trained to you know, have that memory you know. Yeah, and yeah, that I that would be difficult because we we've never had to do that. So no. for you parents out there where it is a longer transition, my heart goes out to you. Oh, definitely. Because you know, oh, the kids came over and have no underwear. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> we I mean, yeah, I mean, they usually have underwear at each other's houses, but th something like schoolwork or you know yeah, things whatever like that. It is, yeah, that would be tough. Okay, now we we do a 50-50 year-round, and we do 2255 for the school year. But then there's summer schedules, and then there's holiday schedules. Those can be kind of tricky to navigate sometimes. And we typically do like a week-on, week-off during the summer. But because of camps and vacations and all this, our summer schedule every year is a negotiation, and it's tough. Well, and luckily... Um, you and your ex, you're both very um, open to, like if we say, oh, we're going to be on vacation from the 10th to the 20th, 
then you know she has usually if she's in town she'll take the kids the 10th through the 20th and then give us you know then we get 10 days and we get back like I mean, yeah the, we, the key is that it's 50 50 yes it's 50 50 so when like right now they're away for a couple of weeks we've got the kids and then we've worked it out so it is still 50 50 but it's not always week on week off which is what it's supposed to be but we work work around everybody's right vacations. i mean in, in the ideal case you've already written everything down so there's no um, negotiating you have to do around schedules and everything's perfect. That's never the case. Though. No. Right, because things come up, especially in the summertime when there are vacations or there are weddings to go to or right. what, whatever it is. Right. So you have to come up with a way of handling uh, summer schedules. Now, one thing that my ex and I did uh, when we got divorced is we put some timelines on when those schedules need to be locked down. Which is super smart. It, you know what? That's one of the smart things that we did. Yeah. Because, and it's April 15th, I think, for a, a great day, right? Tax day and the day the kids schedule for the summer has yeah. to be done. Um, but that's been good because it, it forces us to, to come to agreements. Right. right? Instead so the, of it lingering on, oh, we're two days from summer. Who exactly. Has the kids? I was going to say for our own you know, benefit, we need that to be locked in so that we can plan our vacations. And, you know, at the beginning, it was tough because, well, I want the kids all summer long, right? Because they're home all day, but then I work. Right. Right. And so it's, it's tough. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's, it's gotten so much better and um, working together has gotten so much better about uh, around the schedule it, it has and I think it's mostly that we see that we're trying to do the best for the kids together right, that's right. that's the goal now you wrote down in your I mean we have to mention when Sam my son Sam when his dad and I got divorced we didn't write down any of this stuff literally nothing is written down yeah see I'm I'm more of a planner that way and I bought a book on how to write a parenting agreement yeah we have nothing but I have Sam 100% of the time. Right, yeah, that's different. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is different. It is different. I don't have to. Ha- I don't have Sam every other Christmas or every other Thanksgiving. I have Sam, you know, you and I have Sam all the time. And there's been a few times where his dad has asked for him, and we, if we can make it happen, we always do try yeah, to make it absolutely. happen. Um, but, yeah, so Mother's Day and Father's Day, you wrote in your... Well, yeah, let's talk about holidays in general, yeah. right? Outside of summer, there's several holidays that you want to make sure that your kids are with uh, the parent, uh, like Mother's and Father's Day. Right. So we have in your, you know, you have written down that the kids are always with their mom on Mother's Day, and they're always with you on Father's Day. Right. Now, I know people currently, they do not have that written down. And so I remember my friend, I saw her and she didn't have her kids with her on Mother's Day. And I said, where are your kids? And she says, well, it's my it's my ex's weekend. And I'm like, but it's Mother's Day. And she was like, well, I know, but we didn't have that, you know, written down. So, so you know, if you don't have it written down, be flexible. Right. Right. And that's one thing that, you know, I've learned through this whole thing. I've learned a lot more patience and how to be flexible. So let's, and this happens every year. It always happens that Mother's Day falls on the wrong week it falls on my week right so i swap a week with my ex right no big deal right does it really matter well, which week and the thing is no you got to give what you're going to get back so if you're going right. to be a stinker and say no i'm not giving that to you just remember the next time you ask for something they are not going to give not, it yeah, to you that's absolutely <laughs> right so if you're not going to give up mother's day 
um, then don't expect Father's Day. Right. So if you're flexible, then hopefully they'll be flexible. You know, it's a give and take. So one of the one of the things that I suggest people do is list all the holidays that you want, um, that you think you want your kids with, right? And you want to list those holidays and then de- decide how you're going to split those up. We did something weird with uh, Halloween. We said, we'll both go out together trick-or-treating. That's hilarious. And we did it the first <laughs> year, or I should say, Paige went the yeah, first year. you didn't do it the first year. I was sick. Oh, my gosh. That's that's probably the only second time I've been sick in the eight years we've been married. I mean, that sick. You were sick in bed. Yeah, I was knocked So we'd feet. only been married over a month. It yep. was about six weeks we'd been married. Yep. And it, yeah, it is written in your plan that, that we would trick or treat you together. share Halloween. Yep. And so I got to go out trick or treating with your ex, and at the time it was her boyfriend, which is now her husband. But it was a little uncomfortable. I mean, I didn't know them. They didn't know me. It was all awkward. You're in bed sick. I it was just like seriously. Thank you, honey. Whatever. So I really appreciate it. Uh huh. <laughs> But now that the kids are older, it's not really an issue. It's no, a non-issue. It's not, it's not an issue. It's yeah. when they were younger, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you're you get so well. I want to be with them on Halloween, or I want to be with them. You know what? You got divorced. Yep. Don't put the kids in the middle of all this. Right. All it does is just I want cause, them for an hour, and then you can have them for an hour. Yeah. Just, all that does is cause a lot of just contention. Just chill out. That's right. Kids. I mean, I think a couple years ago we didn't have them, and we weren't going to make it awkward by going out trick or treating together, and so. We just said, if you're out trick-or-treating, would you mind stopping by? Yeah, we want to see their costumes. Yeah, we just want to see their costumes. That was good enough for yeah, us. Yeah, and that's you know? perfect. Yep, good enough. Now, other things that um, you need to write down, you need to write down all the holidays, especially school holidays. That's something we didn't do at first, all the school holidays, those Mondays off. Well, since my ex always gets Mondays and Tuesdays, she got all the school holidays, which right. means I couldn't take the kids on 3D weekends. So we negotiated that afterwards. Right. And we said, you know, you know she was very, very uh, nice about that whole thing, which was great because yeah. we got to, you know, see the kids on three-day weekends and we traded them for a Thursday and a Friday and you right. know, things like that. Yeah. So you guys split the school holidays now. Yeah, we split the school yep. holidays now. The hardest one is probably Christmas break. It is. So Easter is no big Easter is yeah, every other Easter, which also is spring break for us. Right. We get them. We get them every other year for mm-hmm. a week. Same with Thanksgiving. Same with Thanksgiving. We get them for the whole week. Then the next year she gets them for the whole week. And then we have Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is Ugh. a tough one. I think that, why do you think that is? Well, it's tough because it's not like, oh, here's the week that, and you get this. It's, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. so Christmas is such a special holiday. There's a lot of traditions around yes, it. That and... You, we both want it. Yeah. And you have it written in your schedule that one year somebody gets Christmas, Christmas morning, yep. Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, and then the next year somebody gets, you know, Christmas midday, day, yeah. midday Christmas day. So you split the day in half. Yep. And. But we that's all we talked about. We didn't right. talk about the rest of. The two-week holiday. The, the two-week holiday. Yeah, it's tough. And my ex really likes the first part of Christmas before the build-up to Christmas. Right. So she adamantly fights hard to get as much time as she can before right and it just doesn't always work out that in fact this last this last christmas in fact madeline just said today i hated it she didn't like it because there was so much back and forth so much back and forth and so we've got to try and work a little harder on making those transitions you and i even talked maybe we should just always relinquish christmas eve 
And then we said, well, no, we can't do that. Sam is still part of this family. He needs to still feel all that tradition. Right. Yeah. We don't want Sam spending every Christmas Eve by himself. And these are his siblings. He's grown up with these kids. These are his siblings. So we we did talk about that. We did. And then we went, you know what? We can't do that. We can't do that. We We can't do that to Sam. Exactly. So. And so, and the kids, I don't think the kids would like that either. My kids. I think they want both traditions. And we... You, you go back and listen to our podcast on traditions, and you'll see why. They like the different traditions in the different homes. Right. It's, it's and they only get it. They get it every other year. You know, where if they're at one house for every Christmas Eve, they would never get our Christmas Eve traditions. Or right. you know, so. But it's tricky because we have to split up those two weeks. And if Christmas falls on a Wednesday, oh. it is hard. It's best that it falls on a weekend. It's really, really Can hard. Can we change Christmas from yeah. December 25th to <laughs> always fall on, on the, fourth, the, fourth, yeah. the, the fourth Friday oh, of Oh, it's tough. December? It is. It's always a little bit of a battle. Yeah. And But, you know, that's how it is when, when you're dealing with a blended family. That's, that's right. How, that's one of the consequences to the action of divorce. It is. Well, it's our own fault. So, yeah, when people, I know my sister before has said, hey, you know, we're going to go on a cruise with the kids. Why don't you guys come with us? Well, we can't. We can't. We, we are tied here for either Christmas morning or Christmas afternoon, and we can't take them for the Christmas. And didn't we have camp. one week? We did. It was just you and I at home on Christmas On afternoon. Christmas Eve. Oh, it was Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve That's and right. Christmas morning. We got your kids Christmas at noon. Because Sam went off with his dad. Sam went to Utah to be with his other siblings and his dad. And that was it one was of just the you and I. worst Christmases of we my We felt life. like Christmas with the crumbs. <laughs> I, I said, can we go on a cruise? But we couldn't. We couldn't, no, because my kids were coming at noon the but next morning. It was that was really hard for me because we didn't do the traditions that we normally do because it was you and I. We In fact, we went to our, our friends so graciously yeah. invited us over. And we had... We tried to have fun. I it, I was just having such a hard time with missing my kids that I wasn't allowing myself to have fun. So once you get a schedule figured out, it now you got to keep track of that schedule because there's always going to be additions or modifications or exceptions to those schedules. So... Right off the right off the bat, we came up with a shared Google Calendar. Yep, and it has a color, and the kids all have a color. Everybody's got color. And if you look at our calendar, actually, it's not half as bad as it used to be when oh, we had seven kids yeah. at home. We had it was a rainbow it of was. schedules. So every kid in our house had a Google Calendar. I just went and bought pulsifer.org domain, so everyone had their first name at pulsifer.org. Right, and then my ex-wife had access to all the kids' calendars, and then we shared a custody calendar as well. Um, So all the kids could see whose house they were going to be at if there was a change in the schedule, and they could also see uh, and put their own uh, appointments on on their own calendars that both, um, well, all four parents could see. Right. And yeah, we put birthday parties, we put dental appointments, you know, we put all that kind of stuff on their calendars for the other parent to see. And that has been a lifesaver. Yep. It's been super helpful. Now, some other logistics that we found that help out quite a bit is setting deadlines. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Yeah. And I th- that it's super important because it could linger on and linger on. And so if you have a deadline, this is the day we have to have this done by. 
Um, and I think you guys have always managed to have it done. We've always made it. Some days it's been on the 15th. Yep, but, um, but it's we got to get this locked down. And I think that that has been um, really helpful. It's a forcing factor. Yep. And especially, and I think anyone would tell you this, when you're, when you're in a divorce situation, there's kids involved, the emotions go are roller coaster-like. Yep. They go up and down. And sometimes you're doing really well with your ex-spouse and co-parenting. And other times it's just not going well. Maybe you said something or something's going on. Who knows? But it's good to have that deadline because you could easily fly right through it if if you were on one of those troughs of relationships. Yep. Yep. So I think as we close out this podcast, what we want to leave with is have some deadlines of when you need your schedule to be completed. Be flexible. Because remember, what what you give, you're going to get back. So be flexible, and um, try and be prescriptive as much as you can. Yes, that has been a huge benefit. Right. So have the consistency. Yeah, consistency is key. Consistency is key. And do the best that you can not to be contentious, and consider the children, not your own selfishness in this. Um, the more transitions you have with kids, the harder it is on them. Right. Uh, just remember that. In fact, one of uh, Dallin said this with his computer science notation of context switching is bad, Dad, um, which the kids go through every time that they change from one house to another. The yep. rules might be slightly different. Yes. Um, so do your best to uh, decrease as, as much of that as you can. Right, the funny moment of the week is not that funny. No, it it, it really wasn't. It was, it, but it's funny now. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you and I can laugh. We do, and, at, and pretty. Our, I, we're pretty quick. We're pretty quick to laugh at our mistakes. Um, moment, but, but soon after. Soon after, we had a swim meet. Uh, those marathons from 6 a.m. until 1 p.m. We're sitting out by the pool, and I'm sitting out there with the boys. Paige had to run up to uh, the mountains to pick up girls from a girls' camp they've been at. Yep, Madeline had been at girls' camp all week, so I was one of the drivers to go retrieve them. It was about an hour and 45 minutes up, and then, you know, to come back. So about 9.30, I get this weird phone call from Legacy Call Collect. For you people out there that don't know what collect calls are, Look it up. It's like from ancient last millennium type stuff. I happen to know what a collect call was, but it didn't sound like a collect call. And it said, will you accept the charges from a puh? And then it dropped. And then it said, please type in your credit card number. I thought, yeah, I'm not typing my credit card (laughs) number into anything. So I hung up the phone and tried to call the number back, and it was busy. So, yes. So I made a mistake. I have been given instruction. I've been given direct, specific directions on how to get there um, by my friend because some of the roads were closed. Yeah, we had a really big winter this year, and it blocked out a lot of roads up in the mountains. Yes, so she had sent specific instructions on how to get there. And I put in my GPS the night before, and I just glanced at the GPS, and it said, oh, get off here, and it'll... I didn't look at each, each you know, line of instruction, but I, th- but I saw, oh, and it's going to take me over to where she says that I need to be. So it must be the same directions. So 
I just went by my GPS. I didn't look at her directions anymore because I thought they're the same. And I get to this one part and it says there's a detour. Follow this detour. And I'm detouring and I'm detouring and I'm detouring. I'm following following these signs. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I have no cell service. My GPS has stopped working. Well, you're up in the mountains too, surrounded by trees. and Yes. So I just keep following these signs that say detour. And I'm hoping that I eventually will get to the road that I need to be at. And finally, it puts me, I mean, I'm, this is 30 minutes that I have, I have no GPS. I'm just following detour signs and it puts me onto this road. I have no idea what this road is. The detour sign stopped. I don't know what the road is. I can't find what the road is. And I'm starting to panic just a little bit because the technology I am dependent on is not working. I mean, nothing, no cell, nothing. And I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it was like, oh, lo and behold, there is a payphone in the, like it wasn't even at a convenience store. There is a payphone on the side of the road. Right. For you kids out there, a payphone <laughs> is where you put money in this slot and you can talk on the phone. Yes. And I have never been so, I'm like, oh, I can call Darren because Darren can find out where I am. I'll tell him, you know, I'll tell him some of the landmarks of where I am and he can tell me how to get back on track. And... So yeah, I put my money, I put 50 cents, it's 50 cents. Do you remember when it was a dime? I know, I just carry dimes around with So me. it's 50 cents and I never have change. So I'm digging in my purse, I put in 50 cents, I put in your number and then it says deposit a dollar. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So between all my nickels and dimes, I come up with a dollar and then it tells me that the number cannot be reached and it does not give me my money back. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Now you're starting to panic. Now I'm starting to kind of panic. I'm a, I'm frustrated, but I'm still holding it together. And then I thought, okay, I can call collect. Like, I wonder if this phone does this. And sure enough, it did. And then the first time, you, you know, it says the person did not accept the charges. And I'm like, oh my goodness, he's not even going to help me. And anyway, and then so I tried it again the second time. That's probably the second time is probably when I tried to call you back. Yeah. And this time I actually heard collect call from Paige. Yeah, they tell you. They say, say your name. And you only get like one second to say your name. Yeah. And they cut it off. And it came across as Paige. I was starting to lose it. I was starting to lose it just a little bit. And um, So once she said that, I had to type in a credit card number and then it asked me a bunch of questions. It took like almost a minute. Oh, yeah, I was waiting. I'm not like, doot, 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 doot. And yeah, so he, he, I knew that he would think that my car was broken down. Yeah, my first thought was... Okay, we've had problems with this car, as you guys know, in our last podcasts. Um, And I thought, okay, she is stuck on the side of the road at maybe one of those call boxes (laughs) um, with the car, you know, not working. And my first thought was, okay, I'm at the swim meet. I'm with our neighbor. I'll just leave the kids with the neighbor. I'm on my way. I'll come up there and, and save her. Yeah. So he gets on the phone. He's like, what's the matter, Paige? What's going on? And I just, I lose it. I'm lost. I don't know where I am. My phone's not working. My GPS. Oh, I mean, I. Lamaz comes into action. Okay. Yeah. Deep breath. Yes. I need you to tell me where you are. I don't know. I don't know. So then I, I calmed down and I looked at the payphone because it had an address. And then I told you I was across from a veteran. I'm like, I'm across from Pine Grove Veterinary Clinic. All right. And I, that's all I needed. Yep. I knew exactly And then where you found was. out where I am. And I was actually on the road. I needed to be yeah, on. You were on the and right as soon road. as you said, oh, you're on the 88, I went, oh, well, I know I, I'm supposed to be on the 88. Now I know how to get there. Like as soon as I just needed now, to know that. The funny thing about this whole thing was 
I, I got, when was it last night or this morning? I got a recording of that call. Oh, gosh. And the bill. Oh. I mean, the call was, I think it was like seven minutes long. And um, the bill was $15. That is that is a racket if I've ever seen so one. That, that is was, a racket. That was pretty pretty funny. But you know what? I would pay $15 for that recording any day. That was the most pathetic. <laughs> I mean, I am Maybe like... Maybe we should sell that recording on our podcast. I am just crying and it's it's pretty it's pretty embarrassing but as soon as he tells me that i'm on the 88 then i immediately just go oh okay i i I think i know where i am now okay and yeah and then i i went on my way and i know you were worried because i still had no service for the next couple hours yeah yeah i was really worried so yeah but i found my way i'm so glad (laughs) thanks for being there for me babe always If you like today's episode, give us five stars on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and head to Facebook and like us. And check out our blog at wheresthelemonade.org, where you can leave questions and comments. Uh, But most of all, go out and make some lemonade. You betcha, baby. In our next episode, we're going to talk about discipline in blended families and discipline in different households now that the kids have two places to live. Should be interesting.